your hands and sing falling in love falling in love with Jesus keep on falling falling in love with Jesus falling in love falling in love with Jesus You lift your hands and sing unto the Lord, falling in love, falling in love, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love, falling in love with Jesus. It was the best thing. Let's lift our hands and give God glory and give God praise. If you love him, hallelujah, if you're thankful for his blood, for his redeeming blood, for his spirit, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How we bless your name, dear God. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. We give you all the glory tonight. We give you all the praise. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Say it again. Say in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 We want you to remain standing with us. We are going to venture into the next part of the service. And how many are ready to hear a word from the Lord? Hallelujah. Before Brother Marks comes... Um, I just briefly want to say um, it's good to have Brother Wilbanks with us from Alabama. Brother Wilbanks, we're going to introduce him to the churches here this weekend. He'll be preaching for us, and we're excited about that. He, he and his family were with us, as well as Brother Marks, and uh, up in Birmingham, Alabama at the Ignite Conference. And those of you that were there, it was dynamic. Amen. People's lives were changed. Their lives were stirred. And I want to bring a little sliver of that to Belglade. Amen. God's going to move and he's going to have his way. Um, at this time, we're going to bring to this pulpit with the Cody Marks. He is a good friend of ours and he is a friend of Belglade in Fort Myers, the South Florida area. And he came down and ministered so capably a while back. And if you've never heard him, get ready because you're going to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. Let's give, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Brother Marks, come preach to us from your heart. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven right now and call out to God all over the house. Come on, lift your voice and call out to Him. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, just a second more. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. 
Hallelujah. 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 Come on, we're not just taking up time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sweet presence of the Lord. We feel here tonight. I'm just thankful for the presence of the Lord that you feel. Hallelujah. I would like to say before we quickly get into the word of the Lord, what an honor it is to be with you tonight. And um, I look forward to this and um, appreciate the invitation. We give honor to Senior Pastor and his wife. I'm just thankful for Senior Pastor and his wife. Hallelujah. These are fine people. And uh, is that your phone, Bishop? Okay, just making sure. Little inside joke there. It's not mine. I didn't bring mine. And um, I enjoy every minute that I get to spend with Brother Phil. appreciate him and uh, his walk with God, his spirit. And then to be with the, the Urshans. Um, love them, their kids dearly. Uh, Brother Urshan has become a very close friend to me and um, more than just a friend he's become a uh, an inspiration and I appreciate Brother Urshan and uh, his stand and his walk with God and all the other ministering brethren it's good to be with you Brother Will Banks Jeremy Will Banks it's good to be with you and um, if you weren't here at 6 o'clock this morning I'm told that that's called man up, but um, I'm on West Coast time, and so at 6 o'clock this morning, it was 3 o'clock my time, and I tried to come to man up, and it was man down, hallelujah. (coughs) I did pretty good for about the first 40 minutes, and um, the Lord decided he wanted to show me something in a dream, hallelujah. <laughs> and they're telling it on me. I don't believe it, but they're telling it on me that when they woke me up, that I just immediately started waving my hands. <laughs> I don't remember that, Sister Fell. Do you believe that? Do you believe I did? I, I didn't think. I I knew you'd be on my side. I knew you would be. So um, <clears throat> so man up. Don't be like Brother Marks and man down. Praise God. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Esther chapter 1. I um, I don't like just having one night. Um, and the reason I don't just like having one night is I, there's so many things that I have felt that I would like to do. And um, I don't 
I'm not your your um I'm I'm not normal. Brother Wilson, my, my pastor says I'm a freak in all due respect. Um so I I I don't I'm very unorthodox. I don't know if this is <coughs> what is appropriate for a Friday night rally, but I, I feel and have felt very strong in prayer that this would be what what the Lord would have for this service. And I'm probably not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but I just want to reaffirm some things. And and I want the Lord to talk to us. I hope you come tonight with an open mind and a spirit to receive from God's word. Esther Esther the first chapter and we'll I won't keep you standing. We'll just we'll we'll read a few scriptures and then I'll let you be seated. Verse number 10, Esther chapter 1 and verse number 10. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Frank, Tom, Joe, Bob, if, if, you, if you want to try, Meham, Bizda, Arbona. Come on, Brother Urson, you probably do better than this. Big Bertha, I mean Bigtha. He commands these, and here's the key, here's the phrase that's key, the seven chamberlains, somebody say chamberlains, that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king. He commands them to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people, somebody say the people, and the princes her beauty or her light. She was fair to look upon, but the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Now, if you'll give me time, we'll we'll try to to get around to this. But tonight I want to talk about the chosen bride, the chosen bride. And um, I want the favor of God. And I believe that we want it as a church. I believe we want it corporately. I believe we want it in our ministries, our personal lives, our families. I mean, want the favor of God in your family. There, there are things that that might excite you more that I preach tonight, could preach tonight, that I'm not going to. There might be some things more exciting. But I can tell you, I won't preach anything more important than what I'm going to preach to you tonight. I won't preach to you anything more important. As far as I'm concerned, there's not any, the day and hour that we're living in, there's nothing more important than making sure that our spirit <coughs> is in such a place that we are pleasing to God. I want to please God. And there are things that please God and there are things that displease God. I don't care what the secular world's saying. I don't care how bad the religious world's trying to water it down. 
there are still some things that please God and there's things that displease God. Well, God is love. Yeah, God is love, but God is also jealous. And so I, I, want, I want to just talk to you tonight. I, I want you just to open your mind. Let me take my time and, and let's just let's ease into this and, and see where this will go. Raise your hands and ask the Lord to talk to us here. Come on, right now, all over the house. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice and ask God to talk to us. <clears throat> let, there be a, let there be a word in this house tonight. Let there be a word in this house. Let there be a word in this house. Let there be a divine word in this house. Praise God. Clap your hands and give the Lord one more praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, put your voice with it. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated. Thank you for standing. There are different things that inspire us all. Things that push us. Um, I don't recommend this, but sometimes I enjoy reading material of people who ignorantly and arrogantly are trying to disprove the validity of the Bible. I don't recommend that you do that, but I have done that a time or two. And my reason in doing that because it makes me angry and it causes me to study. <clears throat> and I do my best work when I get mad. And so, it's been a while back, but I was, I was reading an article, and I was fuming. I mean, I was fuming. And this man was doing his best with his education, or lack thereof, and he was very glib-tongued. He was um, very articulate. He was picking apart the book of Esther. And the longer that he went, the matter that I got. And I made up my mind. Um, I'm, going, I'm, 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 I'm going to wrap my mind around this book, and I am going to try my best to mine, to take from it. Um, it's, it's, it's truce, why God gave it to us. The, the biggest... His biggest argument was that 
that God was never mentioned in the book of Esther, was never spelled out, capital G-O-D. Well, I've got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Just because God was never spelled out, capital G-O-D, God is written all over the book of Esther from the beginning to the end. And the longer that I look at it and and the longer that I have studied it and and the longer that I set it in front of me and ask God, what what are you trying to show me through this? What are you trying to show us as a church? The more I realize the fact that God is written throughout its entirety. And there there are many things we could discuss tonight, but 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 there, there, there are just a few things that I want to pull from it and share with you. There's no way I can share everything with you. But one of the first things that I began to realize in this season of studying is that there were some spirits, human spirits, that were involved in the book. And I began to see responses and lack of response and reaction and lack of reaction and And I started tracing them from the beginning to the end, trying to figure out uh, the consequences of these decisions, of these responses, of these spirits, of these attitudes. I'm going to know it's important that we have a right attitude. And in in my mind, I'm not here to argue with anybody, the the discussion... uh, I'd be glad to discuss this with any of these ministers, just open discussion. I'm, I'm not just saying that, uh, that I have some kind of new revelation, but I've always, I've always just, just accepted the fact that, that, that this, this little party that was being thrown here uh, in Esther chapter 1, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, so just stay with me, I, that it was just some drunken party, and that... Uh, the king just had something uh, that he just had more than too much to drink, and that in his drunken stupor, I have always uh, just believed that in his drunken stupor that his lust was aflame, and he desired the presence of the queen. I just as a as a lustful request. I just had always viewed it that way, but when I when I got to closer. Uh, the closer examination, when I got to looking at this closer, I started realizing that there, there are some other possibilities. In fact, the Bible says that the request of the king that Vashti would come out was not just for him. It was not just for the princes. If the Bible would have stated that it was just for his own lust or just for the lust of the princes that that, that, that would have been one thing. But the Bible says that, that all of the people could see her beauty. All of the people could see her beauty. Not just the princes. Not just so the king could look at her uh, with, in a lustful manner. But he, he desired that everybody that had come to this party could see the beauty. Or if you run the word down, it's, it's much more than beauty as far as uh, the flowing of her hair or the sparkle of her eyes or the plumpness of her lips or the shape of her body. But a light, there was something about her presence. Something about her presence. There was something about her air. Are you with me right now? And this party had started with just 
a few small people. You go back and read later. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm telling you the truth. And as, as time rocks on, the king decides, well, let's don't keep this party secluded, but let's open the doors. And so the parting moves from just a few that are called or a few that hold positions till eventually the party is opened up to everybody and everybody is invited to the party. Everybody is invited to the celebration. And it is the desire of the king in the midst of this celebration open to everybody. It is his desire that the bride of that kingdom come into the presence of those people so that they could be exposed to her beauty or to her light. And in his desire for this, the Bible says that he sends seven chamberlains, seven chamberlains. Somebody say seven chamberlains. Another word for chamberlain that's very appropriate here is keepers of the house. Keepers of the house. Somebody say keepers of the house. These are very important men. These seven men that Ahasuerus sends to the door of Vashti to come out of her seclusion are not just any Joes off the block. These are some of the most important men uh, that live inside of this kingdom. And I, as we rock on here, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about that. And he sends not one, but he sends seven. Seven separate times he sends one of these chamberlains or keepers of the house to the door of Vashti. Uh, beckoning her to come out of her seclusion, pleading with her to come out of her isolation. Come out of your house. Let the world, let the people see your beauty. I, I see such a parallel. I, I immediately see something that lines up with where we are at right now as the apostolic church. I can't speak for every man of God, but it seems that every conference that I go to, it seems like every preacher that I talk to, it seems like every message that I've preached for the last 24 months, that somewhere in that message there is a certain sound, there is a thread that runs consistent in everything that I've been preaching in the last two years. And, it's, and, and, and that theme is, is much like what is unfolding here in Esther chapter 1. It is the desire of the king. He is pressing me. He is pressing me as a servant. He is pressing me as a chamberlain. I want you to go to the door of the bride of Christ and I want you to beckon her out of her seclusion. Beckon her out of her isolation. I believe if King Jesus has a desire in 2011, he wants this party to be open to the entire world. Hallelujah. If I could pick, if I could pick one certain thing that, that the king is trying to say to the bride through the man of God right now, it seems that he's trying to say to her, what we have within these four walls is great and it's beautiful and it's fine and I'm thankful for it. But it's time to get what we've had in the walls of the church, outside of the walls of the church. It's time for the world to see the light and the beauty of the bride of Christ. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I understand where I'm at. I see Brother Linton sitting back there. I understand the the reputation. The reputation of these churches far exceeds you. And and it's talked about all across Pentecost and the circles that I run in. But I want to remind you again that what God has given us has not meant to be hoarded. What God has given us has not meant to be locked within the walls of the church house. The king says, I want the world to see your light. I want the world to see your beauty. To whom much is given, much is required. God help us as the bride of Christ to understand it is our day to parade the streets. It is our day to parade our cities and let the world know. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. Anybody glad for what God's done? I want the world to see it. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God forbid that we become spiritual spoiled brats that get our miracle and just go right back to living life as if God hasn't done anything for us. God forbid that we're like the 39 miracles that happened at the bull of Bethesda that once they were healed, they went back to their own life doing their own thing and 39 years later, there's still a lame man saying, I have no man to put me in the pool where were those 39 miracles where were those 39 healings ladies and gentlemen the king saying it yet again to us get out of the walls get past intimidation get past your inferiority complexes get past your fear remove the fear the world's waiting on us the world is waiting on us the world is waiting to see the light of the bride If you believe that, clap your hands and shout to God. Come on, I mean shout to him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. But what's amazing to me, Bishop Fell is... Somebody that God had been so good to that had lived blessed by the benefits of the kingdom for so long. The king's apparel, the king's table, the king's food, the king's house, everything that had been so easily accessible to her for so many years. You would think, Brother Urshan, that at the request that came at the door, the knock at the door, you would think that out of a grateful heart and out of an understanding of how much that kingdom and how much that king had done for her, you would think that there would have been a willingness. You would think that you would think that those chamberlains that their ears would have been filled with the willingness of a bride that realized everything that I have is because of what he's given me. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't think that 
you wouldn't think that they would be confronted and faced with obstinance. You, you, you wouldn't think that, that they, would, they would be faced with someone that had become set in their ways and full of opinions of their own and just flat refused to respond. And you say, well, Brother Marks, her, her issue is that she uh, refused obstinately to refuse. She refused to respond to the king. The real issue, ladies and gentlemen, is she, res- she refused to respond to the word of the king through the chamberlain. She forgot the significance of the chamberlain. I've come to preach to you tonight about the significance of the chamberlain. I want to give you a little job description. I want, to, I want you to have a little understanding tonight about the importance of those seven men. Those weren't the guys that just mowed the churchyard when nobody else wanted to mow it. Those weren't the guys that were willing to take a plunger and go unplug a toilet when nobody else would unplug it. No, you've got to understand that those chamberlains, the keeper of the house, they had more access to the constant presence of the king than anybody else in the kingdom. The chamberlain had more access to the presence of the king than the queen herself. There was nobody in that palace that understood his likes and his dislikes like the chamberlain. They knew exactly the way that he liked his shirts pressed. They knew the things that made him happy and they knew the things that made him unhappy. His obligatory smile at the crowd, his obligatory wave at the crowd, but it was the chamberlain standing there when he moved past the curtain and the crowd was no longer there. It was the chamberlain that knew the things that peeved him and then there was the chamberlain also knew the things that pleased him. The chamberlain, the chamberlain was, was the one that, that, that stood there in silence uh, and, and heard as, as he would vent or talk to himself. He understood the things that frustrated him. He knew the colors that he liked. He knew the way that, he knew the certain way that the king liked his bed uh, or his covers pulled down at night, the way he liked his pillow fluffed. Brother Marks, you're, you're taking this to extreme. No, that was their responsibility. It was their responsibility to know what he liked and what he disliked it was their responsibility to take care of his house well I'm gonna preach tonight whether you help me or not I'm fixing to preach here because I'm not after anybody but I am after a spirit and I feel in the Holy Ghost that I'm the man for the job and I'm gonna run it out of Bell Glade before I leave here tonight hallelujah Vashti knew good she knew good and well who was knocking on her door she knew it wasn't just some Joe average Joe off the block she understood let me give you a few more responsibilities I'll give you a little further explanation of the responsibility of the Chamberlain the Chamberlains were involved in the management of money they were not only involved in the management of money but Chamberlains were responsible for the protection 
protection of the bride and her harem. Do you hear me? If the bride was decided she gets up in the morning and decides she wants to go for a walk, it was the responsibility of the chamberlain to prepare the way. He didn't just let that bride get out of the palace and just go haphazardly walking across the pasture somewhere. Come on, go study your history. You'll find that what I'm telling you is the truth. But the chamber would leave ahead on his horse. He would check every path. He would check behind every bush. He would look for any kind of enemy or obstacle that might be lurking and awaiting the bride in the bushes. She knew that. She knew that, Brother Hershon. She knew that that man knocking on the door was the very man that had protected her on numerous occasions. She knew that that man knocking on the door was the very man that would give his life for her own protection. She knew that. She knew it wasn't just anybody knocking at the door. She knew that it was the man that knew better than anybody else what that man sitting out there on the throne, what he wanted and what he didn't want. Not only was it his responsibility to manage finances, not only was it it was his responsibility to protect the bride, but it was also the chamber's responsibility to stand outside of the door of intimacy. When the king would go in with the queen, the chamberlain's responsibility was to stand outside of the door of that moment of intimacy, making sure that there was nothing that would violate that moment, making sure that there was nothing that would jeopardize that moment making sure there was nothing that would come in and keep conception from taking place it was his responsibility to stand at the door of intimacy and make sure no foreign thing would come in and interfere that intimate moment some of you know where I'm going I'm on, some of you know where I'm going with this I'm going to tie it all together here. Some of you starting to realize what I am typing the Chamberlain to. You better believe it. You see that man sitting there? 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 Those aren't just anybody's. That's not just any Joe off the block. That's a Chamberlain. That's the keeper of this house. And God When Brother Urshan takes that pulpit in Fort Myers and he starts drawing lines, I said when he starts drawing lines, when he calls you in after church, young lady, and he says, listen, I love you, but I don't like some things I've been seeing. And he starts talking to you about the length of your skirt or he starts talking to you about the tightness of your garments. You can't bow up in stubbornness and say, what right does he have to do that? That's the Chamberlain. That's the Chamberlain standing outside of the door of intimacy saying I can't let anything come in here that's going to defile the bride Hallelujah. We're living in a day and an hour that we, uh, the society that we live in, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. 
We live in a day and an hour where respect for authority is foreign. It's almost a thing of the past when sons will turn and beat their fathers, when sons will turn and put a gun to their father's head and blow his brains out, when teenagers have no problem shooting policemen more and more. It's escalating. More and more numbers of policemen are being killed every year. There's such a lack of respect for authority. We live in a society that feels like they're men unto themselves. They're not accountable to anybody. Listen to me, apostolics. We are not exempt from that getting in the church. And I'm standing in the gap. And I'm telling you, we can't let that spirit get in our churches. We've got to have a pastor. We have got to have a chamberlain. We have got to have a keeper of the house that tells us what pleases the king and what displeases the king. Hallelujah. I don't view it as legalism. I don't view it as dictatorship. I view it as I want to please the king. Tell me what it's going to take to please him. What do you see behind the curtain? What's he let you feel in prayer? What's his face look like on this matter? When you're in prayer, pastor, and the subject of Hollywood and television comes up, would you tell me, please, pastor, what's his face look like when that subject comes up? But, 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 Brother Marks, I, I got friends that go over to this church and, and I got family that goes over this church and, and, and I know these people that I see every once in a while and, and we've created this little relationship and, and they go over there to this church and, 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 and they raise their hands and, and they talk in tongues, but, uh, they, they don't feel like there's anything wrong with going to the movies or they don't think there's anything wrong with uh, women trimming their hair a little bit. Come on. You can't come back home with that spirit. You got to come home with the understanding. He's not the keeper of your house. Whoever their pastor is, he's not the keeper of your house. This is the keeper of your house. And he said, We can't help what they're doing 60 miles from here. We can't help what they're doing in the A, B, C, D, F, X, Y, Z. We can't help what they're doing an hour from here. This man is not the keeper of those houses. This man is not the chamberlain over those houses. This is our house. He's the chamberlain of this house. She knew the authority and the weight those men carried. In fact, I submit to you for her to be in that position, Brother Urshan, there was a day that she cared about what those guys said. I want to explain something to you. She never quit wearing the kingly apparel.
But she had a submission, she had a submission issue. I don't cut my hair. Or my sleeves are covered up my fingers. She was in the right place, had the right stuff on, but had a rotten attitude. I don't know how long she'd been in that position. She'd been there for a while. Brought a lot of good, I'm sure. Had a lot of influence, I'm sure. When the word got back to the king that obstinately she refused to submit. She refused to be obedient to the word of the chamberlain. Or if I could say it because I'm talking in type, she refused to respond to her pastor. Bible says that immediately when this word gets back to the king he says it's done but, but, but what about all the years she's been in this position but, but, but what about her talents she she's a great singer He's a great preacher. Great choir leader. Unbelievable on the, on the keyboard. He's a great service leader. He's great to get things done around the church. What, what about her talents? What about her abilities? And the king says, what about her spirit? In fact, if you were to lay the life of Saul and the life of David side by side, and we don't get in the business of categorizing sin, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, David's sins were much greater and grimoire, much more grievous than the sins of Saul. Saul dies in dishonor. David dies in honor. Hundreds of years later, there's people receiving mercies because of David. Saul dies in shame on his own sword. And you could dig into it and there's, there, there's many things that you could pull and many conclusions that you could come to, but I submit to you that I personally believe the only thing that separated the two kings was their response to their pastor. God will, God will ride the river a long time with somebody who trips up a lot and makes a lot of mistakes if they stay close to the man of God and they're pliable and they listen and they heed to his words. Am I doing all right? Am I making sense? I, I mean, God will ride the river a long time with those kind of people. But, it, but, but it's the people who arrogantly refuse to, to, to take the correction. It's, it's the people that, that the man of God constantly has to wrestle with. Stand up. Every time that Samuel had a word for Saul, it was a wrestling match. He, he tried to wrestle him into submission, into believing what he was telling him.
And I'm going to tell you something. If you're one of those people that constantly wrestle, every time pastor tries to put his finger on you, every time he tries to give you some constructive criticism, and you're constantly worming and squirming and pointing fingers, well, it's this person's fault and it's that person's fault, or it's the past, or it's the way I was raised, or it's personality, or whatever, whatever. And you wrestle with him instead of just saying, it's me. I'm guilty without excuse. When's the last time you took criticism with your mouth closed and didn't make any excuses? You say, well, you say, well, are you trying to make me some deaf, blind mute that's just following somebody around with no opinion? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But ladies and gentlemen, submission is not submission until there's a disagreement. What happens is, if every time God gives this man a word for you or gives this man a word for you, if every time he approaches you, it's like the 4th of July. When you slip and slide and wrestle, and after an hour and a half, he leaves there feeling like he's worked a 60-hour work week. I'm going to tell you what will happen. Don't question their love. Question their dedication, but what happens is after that happens three or four times, God drops another word in their spirit, and what happens is we get to where we're reluctant. And Samuel got to the place where he got tired of wrestling with Saul. Tell you something. I didn't come here to sermonize you tonight. There's some good people in this place that have unbelievable potential. But you've gone as far as you can go with what without correcting what this man has bumped you about. Well, he didn't. He didn't just come right out and tell me not to do it. Learn who your chamberlain is. He's a gentleman. Oh, Brother Feld, he's older and he's more mature and he eats barbed wire for breakfast. With hot sauce. And he may tell you, bless God, don't do it again. But we don't want to do that all the time. There's other times because we love you. It's just, we're going to nudge you. And you're frustrated. You're frustrated. You're frustrated because you've hit a wall. And you've hit that wall and you keep falling on your head because you're hitting that wall and you're going up the wall. And it's because you can't take a nudge. Just a knock. Hey, King, I'd like to see you. Talented? Oh, yeah. Got a lot of things right? Oh, yeah. Abilities? Yeah. Favor? Clout? Charisma? Yeah. Success? I'm going to tell you something. 
you get to the place where you can't answer quickly the door at the knock of your pastor, you are of no profit to the kingdom. This point, it becomes an infection. And you let people hang around a long time, as long as it's just sickness, and it can be contained. But when it becomes infectious, and the spirit of rebellion. And the spirit of stubbornness is not just sickness, it's infectious. And the king said, she's got to be dealt with because if this gets out, then I let this get by. And he dumped her. I mean, in all due respect, the rabbi amongst us is sitting right there. He's nodding his head. I'm in the Bible right now. He dumped her. Not because of lack of talents. Not because she did in the right place, wear the right thing. Not because of lack of abilities. She no longer had a workable spirit. And he said, Brother Marks, I, 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 think, I think there's more into this. There's, there's more to the he. There's no way the king. There's no way the king would get rid of a bride he's had so long and he loves so much just because she's become obstinate. Brother Marks, you're drawing too much into this Chamberlain keeper of the house stuff. You're drawing too much into it. He didn't dump her because she ignored the keeper of the house. You, you've, you've studied too hard and dug too deep. Their job responded. They really weren't that important to the kingdom. The, the, the king really didn't back up those chamberlains that much. Okay. It's time to find a replacement. You ready to read? Let's find a replacement. Let's find. Are you with me? Let's, let's find, okay? One's dumped. One is removed because she wouldn't heed. To the chamber. There's a line lined up for those who are possible prospects to fill her place. Talents? Yeah. Abilities? Yeah. Beauty? Bloodlines? You better believe some of those virgins that stood in line to present themselves to the king possibly become the next chosen one. You better believe there was some bloodlines. You better believe there was some young girls in that line who had to write mom and the right daddy and come from gen- Oh, God. Have mercy, God. 
There's, there's a certain thing I'm looking for. Something I'm looking for. I, 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 I won't just favor anything. There's, 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 to, in order to be chosen, there's, there's certain characteristics that I look at. Read. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. Now, now notice, she, she's not one of these fourth generational Pentecostals. Can I reach and type figuratively so I can, come on, come on you've got to preach like this so you can see where you're at in the story. She's not, a, she's not a Pentecostal blue blood. Right, that's right. She's being raised by her uncle, Mordecai. You draw any kind of conclusions you want to draw. There was family issues. She come from a broken home. I don't know what happened. We, we don't know what happened. I don't know if her parents died. I don't know if they didn't want. I don't know what happened. But she comes from some type of dysfunctionalism. Read. She required nothing. It came her turn to stand before Ahasuerus. And when it came her turn, she required nothing, read. But what Haggai, the king's chamberlain. What? But what Haggai, the king's chamberlain. Read. The keeper of the women appointed. You, you surely, you read that wrong. She required some things. She required Nothing. Nothing. In other words, okay, i just give it to you in redneck Oklahoma vernacular. Okay, you ready? Nothing else mattered to her. She wasn't worried about what anybody else was saying. She wasn't worried about what anybody else was talking about. You know, who she, you know who she was hung up on? She was hung up on that Chamberlain because she knew nobody knows like that Chamberlain knows. And if I'm going to get his attention... Nobody knows what it takes to get his attention like the Chamberlain. And while one refused to heed to seven Chamberlains, the next one says, just give me one. And I will hang on every word because I want to do everything right. I'm not trying to get somewhere on my talents. I'm not trying to get somewhere on my abilities. I'm not trying to get somewhere on my name. I'm not trying to get somewhere on my money or my reputation. I want to have the right spirit. If he wants blue high heels and a pink dress, just tell me what he wants. If he wants my sleeves to cover up my fingers, just tell me what he wants. I don't care how silly it sounds. I don't care how ludicrous it sounds. I don't care how ridiculous it sounds. I want to get his attention. If all you want me to wear is white shirts, Tell me to wear white shirt. If that's what it's going to take, nothing else matters to me. Well, is it is it is it gonna is it gonna is it gonna hurt my chances? Why take the chance? Well, I've got this certain kind of perfume that I like. Well, he may like that, but I tell you what he does like. 
And you, I know he likes cinnamon. Now, you can wear your myrrh in there. You can cover up in your myrrh because you like your myrrh. You can chance that if you want to chance it. Chance it if you want it. But I'm telling you, as the chamberlain, as the keeper of the house, the smell, I know, the smell that's pleasant to his nose is cinnamon. He likes cinnamon. Cinnamon is it's the candle burning by his bed at night. Cinnamon. Hello? And so, if you want to chance it and parade in there covered in myrrh, that's, that's your business. But, but if you're interested, if you're interested in what pleases him, you gotta find you a pastor. You gotta find you a chamberlain. Because without the foolishness of preaching, you can't be saved. The man of God's gonna tell you, this is what it takes to get in heaven. Well, I want verse and chapter for that. Well, take your chances. But if my chamberlain says your chances are better, I had a weird pastor. You got a weird pastor? I, I had a weird one too. And he told those girls, he told them to keep their splits an inch below their knee. I don't know what it is around here, but that's what it was at home. And he stayed after, and he stayed after, and he stayed after, and he stayed after, and he stayed after. And they wouldn't keep the, they wouldn't keep the splits an inch below their knee. One week before youth congress, he got ticked off. Somebody got up, prayed across. I watched it. Prayed across the church, kicking that split, and it was clean up to Hallelujah. He got to preaching that night and he said, that's it, I'm finished. For 12 months I've harped on this. Sew him to the floor. We had to tack on an extra 20 minutes everywhere we went to Youth Congress. We had to, we had to give ourselves an extra 20 minutes because the girls were walking like, this, like a bunch of ducks. <laughs> what were they... It's right when wind pants come up. We, should, we call them slickers. They, we first started playing basketball, in, in those, and, we play, and we wear them now. They, we, but we call them slickers, but they're like a wind pant. And I, I remember when those things first got popular, and, and I was just fixing to go right in the middle of June, just right at the beginning of June, fixing to go to youth camp, wanting to look like the, wanted to look like Urshan. I bought me a pair, bro, every color. I had a red pair, a green pair. Shirts to match. It's hot in Oklahoma in the summer. Hundred and something degrees. And pastor informs me before I leave for camp that if you're going to wear those slickers, you're going to wear shorts over the top of them. You just messed up every outfit. How retarded. I have never been asked so many times in my life, my God, why you got a pair of shorts on? I mean, you, you want to walk cool by the ladies? And, and look, they're going. You're supposed to wear the boxers underneath, not over the top. 
But that's what the keeper of the house said. So that's what we did. And that's what we do. And over time, over time, he adjusted that. Over time, he worked through that and he found some things that was a little easier on us to do to work through it with, without having to look retarded. But you got to leave that to the keeper of the house. And in the meantime, you just do what he said that the king wants you to do in order to have favor. I want favor. I want chosen. You got to have more than talent. You got to have more than abilities. You got to have more than brain and wit and ideas. You got to have more than charisma to have chosenness and favor. You got to have a spirit that says, I'm going to do what the Chamberlain tells me to do. I don't care what my reprobate family's decided they're going to do. In fact, boy, I feel something getting on me right now. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if everybody you've been connected to decides that the man of God's wrong and he's been wrong? What are you going to do? You're going to bail off with everybody else and their ideas that they don't have to listen to anybody anymore? Are you going to say, no, I've watched where that ends up. That's a dead-end road with destruction. I'm staying with the chamberlain. I'm staying with the man of God. It's worked to this point. It's worked up to this point. Come on, I want to know what you go. What's what what's gonna happen when delusion comes in your family? What's gonna happen? I'm talking to some people right now in the Holy Ghost. Some things you may have to encounter in the next few months. What's gonna happen when apostasy leaks its way in and people start making up their mind this is not important anymore and that's not important and they start throwing things to the wind? What are you gonna do? There may be somebody in this church that pulls this service back up and says, I'm gonna stand by my chamberlain. It may not make sense today, I may not understand it all today but I want to please the king and nothing else matters to me but the words of my chamberlain not my grandma who's been dead 40 years not my reprobate aunt who spokes a pack of marbles every day and thinks, she, thinks she's religious no, nothing else matters but the words of the chamberlain What Mordecai had to say at that point didn't matter anymore. She loved Mordecai. She understood. There's one person that's going to get me in good favor with him. And that's the one that knows him. When you're not obedient, and you're not pliable, and you won't follow your pastor, what you're saying is, I don't trust your relationship with the king. Does it get out of the same verse? Did read the same verse so they know we're the same place. Nothing else mattered to her too. Esther too. Let's read. Let's look. Let's look at the repercussions. Next verse. Same verse. Let's finish it. Did we finish it? Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Read. So Esther was taken under King Ahasuerus. Into his house royal. Right. In the tenth month. Okay. Which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. Okay, read. And the king loved Esther above all the women. Everybody that looked upon her, she had favor with. 
The king loved her above all the women. Read. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. All the virgins. Why? Why? Am I a bad teacher? Come on. Why? Do you believe in order? I'm, this is the safest kind of preaching you can do in the whole world. I'm just going verse by verse. We're, we're one verse. We're just one verse from the Bible saying that nothing, she required nothing but the words of the chamberlain, the keeper of the women. One verse. One verse removed. And, all that, and, and we're already, all that look upon her, she finds favor with him. He loves her above all the women. Two verses. Read. So that he set the royal crown upon her head. That meant dominion. That was dominion. That's, that's what that was about. Dominion and authority. Some people never walk in dominion and authority. Because they never learn the importance of submitting to authority. The degree of dominion and the degree of authority you have in the spirit is totally directed and totally contingent on how much authority that you are submitted to in the spirit. And the reason that some people fight the same spirits generation after generation after generation is because they're fighting the same spirits without changing their own spirit. That's right. That's right. Dominion. Read. And made her queen instead of Vashti. And the only thing scripturally that I can find that they did different is one ignored a chamberlain and the other one said nothing else matters to me. Let me tell you something. Don't think it's all gone. One of the reasons I'm here is to run the rest of it out. There's a little questioning spirit. There's an enemy. And it's not just here. It's going on in the apostolic movement. There's an enemy coming in trying to plant seeds of doubt in the minds of the people about leadership. Rebellion doesn't start full-blown in full-blown defiance. I'm not just going to do that. It starts with you entertaining a fleeting thought. It doesn't stop. You read the book of Esther. Go home and read it. You watch the things that dominoed from this. Haman's plans thwarted. Haman's plans thwarted. Haman's house and all the spoils given to Esther. Was she as talented as Vashti? Maybe not. Who knows? Who cares? Did she do the things Vashti? Did she have the years of experience that Vashti had? No. But who cares? And that's why God will pass up an old stubborn goat who sat there on the pew for 15 years who's become so stinking opinionated you can't budge him. And he'll pick up a brand new convert and say, I think I'll use them. Get it? We're not done. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to close. I'm almost finished. I'm, I'm, 
Esther 8, move on just a little further. Esther 8. You there? I'm there. Mm, give me 15, I think. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white. Uh-huh. And with a great crown of gold. Yeah. And with a garment of fine linen and purple. Yeah. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was okay, glad. Okay, now read. The Jews had light. Okay, now listen. Now these are the people. These are the people that Haman had planned to destroy. Read. They had light. And gladness. Gladness. And joy. Joy. And honor. And honor. Read. And in every province. And in every province. And in every city. In every city. Whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came. Uh-huh. The Jews had joy and gladness. A feast and a good day. You know what happened? Watch up. You know what happened? You, you go study this. And what happened is every penalty for whatever purpose that the king had on these certain areas and on these certain people, he lifted them. He lifted the penalties. That woman's spirit of submission stirred up something in his spirit. <laughs> It just keeps going. And now we, now the king's pulling. He's lifting loads. Think I'll forgive them. Think I'll. Read. Read. Now this is what you got to read. You, you, you got to hear this. Read. And many of the people of the land became Jews. What? They became Jews. You know what that is? That's conversion. That's revival. I believe. That the apostolic church's next greatest harvest is going to come on the heels of a revival of submission. Many of them became Jews. Many. Jesus said, I'll liken this generation to something. He said, it's, it's like that boys that piped and nobody danced. Lamenting and nobody, as I say, my memory doesn't tell me, lamenting and nobody mourned. It's, an unresponsive generation. Unresponsive. It's set in its ways. It won't. It won't move. Well, brother Marks, what if, what if the chain? What if? What if? What if the Chamberlain gets out of place? He took care of that in the Book of Esther too. And I'm quickly coming to a close, so I won't have brother Erson read it, but. We'll find it. It's in there. A couple of chambers and chamberlains got out of place. And the king threw the hammer down on them. You think he put that in there by accident? No. You know why God put that in there? He put that in there for us to understand. We mind to follow the chamberlain. And God will mind taking care of the chamber. 
It's not our place. Fix, correct. Rebuke. Withstand. So discord. Me think homosexuality is wrong. I, I know. I read right here in this great state. They took a teacher's job away. I just read it today because of some strong statements he made against it. And it's probably not long till they're going to start trying to throw us in jail for it. It's it's still an abomination. And I'm going to explain something to you. As vile as that seems in our minds, in God's eyes, sowing discord among the brethren. He's in the same category. And, and I'm not just talking about, man, I'm tired. Ty- Ed Urshan, he's, he's, he's an arrogant punk. He's such a little n- novice know-it-all. I'm not talking, it's not, that's not, that's, it's more subtle than that. It's more subtle than that. It's little questions. You know, I don't understand this. This weird doesn't add up to me. And I dealt with it at night, and not all of you were at night, so I'll close by telling you. Little clamoring, whispering voices. You better shut them out. You better shut them out. Are they going to pull you into the pit? Nope, they didn't pay me, set me up to come in here and preach this tonight. They didn't tell me what to preach. I'm just telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. You better close your ears to anything but the voice of your pastor. Because there's clamoring voices that will lead you astray. I know we're not bouncing off the walls, but I want, I want you to be here next year bouncing off the walls, and I'm trying to give you a word of preservation so that we see to it that you're here next year bouncing. I'm sorry that I'm not making you shout and run the aisles right now, but I'm trying to explain to you, you got to check your spirit out. you got to make sure that you're in right relationship with your chamberlain. Don't let anything or anybody drive a wedge. You have a thought, you better be you better value that relationship so much. I'm not talking about constantly howling on them, but if something's messing with you, go to them. Not in not in an act of accusation, but in an act of pastor, I need you too bad, and I don't know where this is coming from, and I feel the guilt and shame from it, but I don't want to think like this. I heard this and I don't believe this, but I don't want to hang on. Come on, folks. You gotta value that relationship. You got to understand there is nothing that's going to come in between me and my link with God. Softly sit down, I'm finished. I close with this. I'm done. Okay. You didn't let me preach Wednesday night. I got to get it all in tonight. Mess with me. We'll have an altar call and I'll take another text. He pastors the largest apostolic church in Arizona. He's a preacher extraordinaire. 
He's in a building much larger than this one, and he's packed like this. Last count, I'm not going to give you an exact number, but I'll just say many daughter works. And, and some of those daughter works, my understanding, are self-dependent. No longer daughter works necessarily. The status of what of a daughter work as far as just having to constantly take from mom, but are independently, they're, they're operating on their own. He's, uh, I don't know, he's probably, he may be bumping 60. Un- incredible guy. I don't know him well, but I-, I do know him. And he's just one of these guys, when he walks in the room, he's just, he, he carries, just, he just carries weight and clout. He's just classy. But as a teenager, he, he went through a little streak of, He was struggling and he was being rebellious. And he kind of got a job and wasn't coming to church faithful. And he'd come to church and he'd sit on the back row and just look around. Pastors worried about him, didn't feel like he could reach him. His parents were some of the most committed people in the church. They, they were just at wit's end with him, they didn't know what to do with him. His dad was a very distinguished man, sat on the front, always sat on the front row, head full of gray hair, perfectly parted, pulled over to one side. The, the struggling teenager sitting in the back, wrestling with all kinds of stuff, all kinds of questions, things that happen. He's dealing with he just issues. He's just dealing with stuff, but, he, but he's, he's on his way out. And their pastor was Brother Von Martin from Fresno, and Brother Von Martin was preaching and just he didn't he walked right by the dad he didn't he did he didn't acknowledge him he wasn't addressing him didn't have anything to do with his sermon and brother martin for some strange reason he just reached up and just messed that distinguished elderly gentleman's hair up it's all right i'll tell the girls you're a good guy don't worry about how his hair looks he's a good guy just messed it up just didn't, didn't say anything. Didn't say sorry. Didn't, I mean, that head full of gray hair, everyone in place, he just, Von Morton just went. <laughs> and if you knew him, you'd understand. That's, that's, that's just something he just, just went, what was, right, went right walking on. They said, that el- they said the elder pulled his comb out and <laughs> stood to his feet, just kept backing Brother Morton. Never even flinched. Didn't make a funny face. Didn't flinch. Just combed it right back over. Went right back getting behind his pastor. That struggling teenager. God, I hope somebody hears me right now. Just sit on the back row and he's watching all this. Young people go out to eat that night. That young struggling teenager makes his way. He goes straight home. Sits at the table, they have dinner. It's quiet. Nothing said about what happened. Struggling teenagers at the breakfast table. First one there the next morning. Everybody's at the breakfast table. Fine, beautiful conversation. Everybody's happy. Good night's sleep. Nothing said about it. Dinner the next night. Young struggling teenager sitting at the table. Everybody's happy. Everybody have a good day. Nothing said about it. 
Finally, the boy speaks up and says, Dad, what about what happened last night? And he said, Elder Garrett, come across that table. And he got that far from the boy, that end, boy's, end of that boy's nose, and he said, you listen to me. We don't talk about the pastor in this house unless it's in support. We don't talk about the pastor in this house. I imagine, uh, maybe that's too old-fashioned. I don't know how you guys run things around Florida, but that, that's, that's, just, that's how I believe it. They said the boy jumped up from the table. Says Jackie, they didn't know where he's going. Jumped up. Run out. Everybody's going, where'd he go? Said they, they grab, heard him grab his keys, heard the tires squeal. He's gone. My God, where'd he go? He makes a beeline for the church. Walks right by the secretary. Hey, 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 where are you going? Where are you going? He said, I got to see Brother Morton. That struggling teenager walked right by the secretary, burst open the door to Brother Morton's office, throws his hands in the air, screams, tears running around his face, and says, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Never wavered, never struggled, believes it's truth, preaches revival, believes it's straight, growing church apostolic. But I'm telling you, that mother and father held death and life. They held the future of that young man and their ability to one way or the other Lean to what they thought about the preacher. I wonder how that story would have been rewritten if they'd have had preacher for breakfast. He wouldn't. I'm gonna tell you where 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 Brother Garrett was teetering. They wouldn't even had to have Von Morton for breakfast. All they'd have had to do, all his dad would have had to do is say, Phew. Oh, that's just pastor. Oh, wasn't he on another one of his rolls tonight? Well, he was up on his soapbox, licking a fire out of his candy stick. That's all it took. That's all it would have took. And he assigned the death warrant. We need to start young, pumping it, in our, pumping it into our kids. Not just the importance, but the respect. tell you something guys you don't know me well but I'm going to tell you something you better listen to me when a spirit has its way when it comes in and causes
once it's made entrance, even if you get it out, you better hear me. It's 1015. I'm looking at that clock. You better hear me. You better hear what I'm saying right now. Once it makes its exit, it will not stay away. It will periodically come back and see if there's somebody else that it can find a way to get in. And there is a spirit that has come against the credibility of this man and everything he stood for. And these people. And, and you may think, well, we've got a squelch or we, we, it's, it, it's stifled or stymied. We've taken care of it. I'm telling you, it will never completely just go and stay away. It's going to come back and it's going to look and it's going to try to find. It, that door's already been opened. It's, 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 it's done. It's a done deal. And so periodically it's going to come back and it's going to look and it's going to try to see. It's going to try. It's going to try its best. It's going to try its best to do the same thing to you, try to do the same thing to you, try to do the same thing to you. It wants to do the same thing to you that it's done to other people. It wants to cause question. But you're being armed tonight. And when it happens, you have to understand that's that spirit that tried to destroy the future and the destiny of what God is doing in this part of Florida. And I refuse to let that in my heart. I refuse to let that in my mind. I refuse to let that in my spirit. You don't play with it. You don't dance with it. You don't entertain it. You knock its head off. You don't play with that spirit. And I'm telling you in closing, disconnect yourself from completely from people. If they can't keep their mouth closed about your church and your pastor, about what God's doing in these churches, you don't have any business being connected to them people, Twitter, Facebook, Somebody needs to update me on all the other social networks. You have no business. And I'm going to tell you something. Family will push you. Family will push you. We need in that new church bad. Family will push you. They'll, they'll push the limits. They'll try to see how far you let them go. You're going to stand your ground and say no. We'll go, we'll go to Shoney's once a month and eat like we've done in the last 30 years as long as you keep your mouth closed about this because there's some things that are sacred. Come on, anybody feeling defense rising up? In, anybody proud and thankful for your church and your leadership? And I need an old mother hen spirit to, to well up in this church and you spread your old... Spread your feathers and let the devil know you're not getting in here. You're not wreaking confusion. You're not coming in here and sowing discord. No, no. We're going to have unity. We're going to be together. We're going to have revival. We're going to build more churches. Come on. How many, how many believe that's the will of God? We're going to build more churches. We're going to reach more people. Stay pliable. Stay close. Don't make him go looking for you. 
Stay close. I want, I want, I want, I want to stay close. I don't, I don't want just God to keep me in His reach. I want to stay in the reach of the entity that He's placed in the church to help me. I, I don't, I don't have pastor have to go looking for me. I want to be close. I want him to be able to just go. Anybody else feel that way? And you're thinking, well, I'd never do that. Sister Fail, it's the people you help the most that end up hurting you the worst. So don't stand there and say, well, they've done so much for me, I will never do that. I'm telling you, it's the people just like you. The very, the very hand that they turn and bite is the very hand that hand fed them to get them to the place where they could grow teeth to bite them with. So don't stand there. Don't stand there and say, well, I'll never do that. I'll, I'll never have. I'm going to tell you better people than you have fallen prey to that spirit. You have to keep a guard against it. Let this fall all the way. Let this fall all the way down into our homes. The principle of this all the way down in our homes. Wives submitting themselves to their husbands. You want to keep the spirit out against the attack of the chamber? Let it start in the home and let there be a wife who's in subjection to her husband. Boy, you could hear a rat licking ice in here right now. And I, I got another message on husbands treating their wives like the church, but that's not what I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching about the spirit of subjection. Put a guard up against it. Put on the helmet of salvation. It's not coming in here. As for me and my house, we're going to stand next to the chamberlain. I want you to raise your hands right now and begin to pray. I'm done. Come on, lift your hands and begin to pray all over the house. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, let's pray. I know there's not a shout beat. I know the guitar's not blaring. But let's respond to this word from God. Come on, right now, let's respond to it. Let's respond to this word from God. Come on, right now, let's respond to it. Come on, lift your voice. God, I want to keep a right spirit. I want to keep a right attitude. I want to stay in alignment with the man of God. I want to stay submitted. I want to be pliable. Come on, come on. I know it's full, but would anybody like to step out on the aisle or just step forward? Come on, just move. Some, make some kind of move as signifying that I'm behind this. I'm behind the man of God. Come on, make some kind of move. Forward, backwards in an aisle. Just make some kind of move signifying amen to this. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Come on, make some kind of move signifying I'm behind this. I'm behind this. I'm behind this. I'm behind this. I don't want 
Come on, come on. Cry out to God right now. Let's let this get... Let's just let this seep into our spirits. Let's let the Holy Ghost seal this in our spirits. Let's let the Holy Ghost seal this in our spirits. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, you can have the Holy Ghost right now. You can have the Holy Ghost right now. You can have the Holy Ghost right now. If you've repented of your sins, just open your mouth. Just open your mouth and let the Holy Ghost fill you. Come on, let's let God seal this in our spirits. Let's let God seal this in our spirits.
Yes, 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 yes. 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 No. Oh. 